CT, aka Luis. Shall I go through all the nicknames? Let's go. LA, Chanche, Hollywood. Chocolate Thunder. If you guys are wondering what CT stands for. Yeah, man, you know, I, I don't know when I'll ever escape these these nicknames, man. I always think like, you know, one day people will just stop bringing it up. You know, what concerns me is that have you ever noticed that serial killers have typically three names? They have more than two names. Like like uh, my name is Manuel Gomez, like a simple two namer there. You can nickname me Manny. You know, my fantasy baseball league team is. El Gallo, but nobody calls me El Gallo. I just have two names. That's it. Mm. One, if you know, I'm like Prince, kind of like just a one namer, Manny. That's me, right? You are more like William H. No, that's an actor. Um, you're more like a serial killer, a three named serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Luis Angel Gomez. None LA. of which I, none of which I appointed myself. No. I just want to be worse. me, man. I, I just want to walk on this earth and just be me, but. <laughs> I could tell, man. You had a, you got a Jesus Christ vibe about you. I don't know if it's the beard and the long hair and the... wow, Jesus, a Jesus Christ vibe. All right, yeah, that's you. There's an aura about you, man. That's all I'm trying to I'm say the, here. I'm the Messiah. You're the Messiah. So, awards recap, Luis. Let's talk about the awards that were let's handed out. Do it. Um, let's begin with MVP. And I have no idea who I predicted to be MVP, but in the American League, Jose Abreu was awarded the American League MVP award and Freddie Freeman was awarded the National League MVP award. I have no beefs with Freddie Freeman. I think he had a, a, a monster season. I think he for sure was the the Hall of uh, the most valuable player in the National League. In the American League, however, though I think Jose Abreu had a really good season, tremendous season, his best season by far. I think Jose Ramirez was better than he was this year. And I think Jose Ramirez should have been named um, American League Most Valuable Player. Just me, though. Yeah, you know, uh, f- for the National League real quick, I think people were a little bit surprised not seeing Fernando Tatis there, mm-hmm. the finalist. It was actually Manny Machado. And I think the reason being is that uh, I guess Machado was more consistent. Tatis kind of fell off a little bit in the last month, last weeks of the season. But for Jose Abreu, I, I think so. First of all, Freddie Freeman was the guy I think I chose because I thought his numbers were insane. Uh, but for me, Jose Abreu was the guy I thought would win the American League MVP. And I, and I think it goes hand in hand with that with that, you know, that old argument. Uh, the White Sox for a, a long time were the number one seed in the American yeah. League. Him being one of the main reasons they were a hot team for a while. Other players kind of fell off. Uh, Luis Roberts, I think, started falling off a little bit towards the end, but Abreu never let up. So to me, I think he was the MVP. I feel like Jose Ramirez not really t- maybe the second half of the season really turned it up. Um, was he even one of the finalists? He was. It was between Jose Abreu and Ramirez. Those were those were the two that MLB Network had like interviewed and stuff like uh-huh. okay. to dramatize it kind of. And I think. Traditionally speaking, Abreu beat Ramirez in most of the stats. So if you're looking at batting average, Abreu hit 317 versus Ramirez's 292. On base, uh, Ramirez had a 386, Abreu 370. So Ramirez edged him on that. Slugging 607 versus 617. Let's look at OPS real quick. Um, In terms of OPS, uh, Ramirez had a 993 OPS where 
uh, Jose Abreu had a 987 OPS. But when you look at the more advanced stats, Luis, which you love, I know you love these so much, like like really runs created plus, for example, if you humor me here, Jose Abreu actually, actually edged Ramirez in runs created plus. Um, okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it just seems like there's always a stat that I, you just texted me and I just, <laughs> just got caught off guard. Yeah. I, I got sorry. you. I got you on that. I got you. Um, in terms of Woba, Ramirez edges out Jose Abreu. In terms of war, Jose Ramirez edges out Jose Abreu. Here's the thing. Ramirez plays a tougher defensive position. Um, and yeah. I have no more arguments against Jose Abreu. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know why I thought Jose Ramirez should should have been the MVP this year. I don't have a really wait. good I don't have a really good argument, is what I'm trying to say here. So so wait, can you just re- you said Woba was to four fifteen versus four eleven, Jose Ramirez was higher. Oh, so in all the stats you mentioned, Jose Ramirez had a higher stat. And not all of them. Tough... Not all of them. In the traditional ones, uh no, no, in... I meant the advanced stats, the advanced stats that you just Yeah. Mentioned. So Jose Ramirez had a better OPS than Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu had a better batting average. Uh Jose Abreu has a better runs created plus. Jose Ramirez has a better WOBA. So it's kind of like they split it down the middle. When it comes mm-hmm. to defense, Jose Abreu is a first baseman. Um, Jose, uh, Jose Ramirez plays a tougher defensive position. I think he, what does he do? Like second, he does like sec. he splits time between second, short and third, third base typically. But what, what did he play this year? Third, I think. Mostly, yeah. Mostly third. So he gets the edge on that. Like if you look at the defensive rating, according to fan graphs, Jose Abreu gets a negative 5.4 defensive ra- rating. Jose Ramirez gets a 1.7 defensive rating. So... It really yeah. depends on how much value you put into that. I had a conversation with somebody today where we were talking about Hall of Fame uh, votes and stuff. And I was talking about Omar Vizquel, who I've in the past have said, I don't think is a Hall of Famer. And that's because I'm looking at offensive stats. If I'm looking at offensive numbers, somebody like Omar Vizquel doesn't stand a chance. But the problem is, is that there's when when do we start looking at defense as well? And if you compare Omar Vizquel's defense to, to other players, there's no doubt that he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have to give him some value for that. So I've changed my mind. I think Omar Vizquel is a Hall of Famer. So using that rationale, Jose Ramirez plays a tougher position than Jose Abreu. So shouldn't we give him more points for that or no? No, yeah. Yeah, especially since the MVP. Yeah, I would have to agree, man. I would have Damn, to agree. Wow. What? Hold on a second. What the hell just happened here? It's just that I I, I feel like I hear that. Is there anybody here? Anybody? All right, relax there. I just feel like I saw a lot of Jose. I saw more of Jose Abreu's game this year than I did Jose Ramirez, and it just seemed like he would come up with a big home run mm-hmm. every game. So I I think anybody who listens to this glorious podcast since the beginning, three years running, wow. Uh, I think anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm more of an eye type of guy. And what I mean, eyes, like my eyes, uh-huh. use the eyes to watch the game. I'm fascinated by the, you know, uh, the Goliaths of the game. So don't really look into advanced stats. Uh, I do think defense should play a part in the MVP, but I also feel like Defense is, 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 it's not something you can really measure on a stat. I know Jose Ramirez is a better defensive player than Jose Abreu. 
So I agree with you that, yeah, that should hold some weight. Um, but man, I'm okay with Jose Abreu winning the MVP <laughs> award. I know you are too. I know that's not what your argument was. Yeah, no, I am too. I am too looking yeah. at this closer. And um, I was lucky enough to to be able to listen into his presser after he was announced the winner. And he was one of the most humble people that I've, you know, you wouldn't hear it because I feel like they don't, baseball does a bad job at promoting these guys. But all he kept talking about was his grandmother. He pointed out a picture of his grandmother. He talked about how his mother is his inspiration and everything. He, he took all the credit and took it off himself and gave it to everybody else around him. And he's, he deserved it. Good for him. Good for him. Now, my beef for Cy Young. Did I say who the Cy Youngs were yet? No, uh, we okay. haven't talked about Cy Young yet. In the American League, it's Shane Bieber. No arguments there. I can't argue with that at all. In the National League, it's Trevor Bauer. And though I think that he had a really good season, again, best season of his career, I think you Darvish was yeah. the real NL Cy Young. In my you, opinion. Men- you mentioned this in a previous episode when we were giving our predictions that Bauer might get the award, but in your eyes, Darvish was the true best pitcher in the National League. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, I, I don't remember what your argument was. I feel like Bauer, can we can we agree that sometimes these awards isn't like, if the stats don't tell the story, popularity kind of does mm-hmm. a little bit. I feel like Bauer kind of has, no matter what he does for the next five years, he will be an elite pitcher as long as he hovers around that low three ERA and, you know, has some highlights, striking out some big name players. I feel like yeah. that guy. Um, and maybe maybe postseason performance has something to do with it too. He pitched a, a, an amazing game yeah. in the in the wild card series. Although the and, Reds, you know. and again on the surface, if you're looking at regular stats, Bauer's ERA is one seven three. You uh, Darvish's ERA is two point oh one. I want to see what their whips are real quick. Uh, Bauer's whip oh seven nine. Darvish's whip oh nine six. So like those traditional numbers, Edge Bauer. If you're looking at probably the most traditional number, which I hate, wins and losses, you oh, Darvish has an eight and three record. <laughs> Trevor Bauer has a five and four record. Um, but that also, if you look at that and you want to make an argument for record, Darvish pitched for a worse team and he had more wins. So exactly, what, what does that say about you Darvish? Also, FIP, a more advanced stat, fielding independent pitching taking away all of the all, the, all of his defenders because he can't control what the guys behind him does you darvish has a 2.23 fip trevor bauer has a 2.88 fip so just looking at the three true outcomes what the pitcher can control darvish is better than than uh than bauer is and if you're looking at fangraphs's war stat darvish has a three war trevor bauer has a 2.5 war so not taking anything away from bauer i'm glad he won the award he go get your money bauer Probably going to go to the Mets. Good luck, Queens. Um, you got your new John Rocker, um, or you're going to get your new John Rocker. But I think Darvish is a real. So was Darvish was Darvish second in the Cy Young you know, Awards? I don't even know, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go to the baseball reference. Let's go to the bubble. Let's go. Yeah, second. Okay. And he got some MVP honors as well. Very nice, Impressive. very nice. Yeah, man, I would have to agree with you again. Two for two. Damn! Wow, what's happening you're on, here? You're on fire, man. It's just Woo. it's been a, it's been a while since we recorded, man. Maybe I'm just off my 
game. Mm. All right, let's move on to manager of the year. Manager of the year award, I, I have no arguments. And the NO was Don Maddenly and the American League it was Kevin Cash. Yeah, no arguments there. It's just funny to see Cash get the manager of the year award. And then I, I feel like we have to talk. Maybe we didn't talk about this enough. But the whole argument about what a manager does versus what a, what the front office controls, like yeah. with analytics and everything, I think we need to revisit that because every time I hear somebody like Michael Kay talk about the subject, he always says, if you think that these managers have a say in what goes on in the game, you're you're mistaken. It's it's all it's all the analytically driven front office. Ooh. And to me, that? I okay. yeah, to me, I have to believe that. I feel like the front office is it's more like in politics, like these politicians at the end of the day will go up and, and, you know, sign bills or whatever and, and speak, speak at the podium, but they have a team of people advising them. So I feel like at the end of the day, it was Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell. Like that decision came at his own. uh, It was, it was his own doing at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. He probably had a team of people saying, hey, by the way, we don't want this guy to face the lineup a third time through the order. We don't want this. We don't want that. We want these guys in the lineup today. But at the end of the day, he makes the lineup. And I, I, I still think managers have a, a big role in MLB teams. If, they, if it wasn't such a big deal, then it wouldn't be a big deal anytime a manager is let go or, or, or resigns to a team, you know? So I'm going to a couple of name drops and this is the perfect opportunity for us to do a quick promotion that we're going to be changing. Our name is changing after this episode. We're going to go. We're going to become the back to back podcast because we're moving to the Our Esquina podcast network and we're going to have a few interviews that we're going to drop when that happens in January. So one of them is Rodney Linares, third base coach for the Tampa Bay Rays, Carlos Mendoza, bench coach for the New York Yankees, Tony Diaz third base coach for the Minnesota Twins, and we have more people lined up. But the reason why I'm dropping that now is because these are three guys who have had managerial experience in the minors. And in in the case of Carlos Mendoza, someone who sits alongside the manager, which is Aaron Boone in this case, for the New York Yankees. And I asked them all, what role does analytics play in in a clubhouse and and in a game? And the what I got from all three separately was that you just get a ton of information. You're flooded with information. You have a lot of information, but what you do with that information, ultimately it's up to you. So in Carlos Mendoza's case, I asked him flat out, when you when you decided to pull out Davey Garcia from that game two start as an opener, was that the front office, the analytics department telling you this is what you should do? Or was that Aaron Boone's choice? He said it was Aaron Boone's choice. That's, a, um, that's what I figured. Yeah. Because... Honestly, think about it. Like, why would they go through all this trouble interviewing all these different managers? Why not just hire the cheapest guy, which is a guy with no experience, literally a guy, guys like me and you who have somewhat of a grasp about baseball, but we have no prior experience. So we can't negotiate a good contract or price or anything. We're not expensive. Why not just hire guys like that? No, instead, AJ Hinch gets a job. Alex Cora gets a job. The guys that already have experience. Shout out mm-hmm. to Alex Cora, man. And I think, all right. <laughs> and I think it's like someone like Kevin Cash, for example. I think it's what Tony Diaz, third base coach for the Twins, told me is that it's it's how you, you're interpreting that information. It's 
it's not that the that the, the decision was wrong because had had that David Garcia move worked out or had the Blake Snell move worked out, we would be praising them and saying, wow, that was such a gutsy move taking Garcia out after the first inning and look at what, you know, the Yankees won the game. The, the fact of the matter is they ended up losing the game. And that's the thing that you can point to, to, uh, yeah, to bash the team on it, or you can bash, uh, Kevin cash for removing Blake Snell from the game. I, I love how we're talking about something that happened like a month ago already or two months ago, but, um, it was a big deal, man. It was a big deal, World but series. what if it had worked? You know what I mean? It, that Yo, that's, that's the problem. Um, and, and Kevin cash, most of the time, I think the moves that he's executed have worked. I think that was one time where it failed and it bit him in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and it's not just, I'm telling you, like, the managers have to play a role. Otherwise, they wouldn't make sure they get a guy like Aaron Boone who, who is more of a friendly manager right. to this new age type of player that we're seeing today. So I, The players I think, wouldn't respect this guy if he yeah, had yeah. no decision-making. Yeah. They can't just bring in any old guy, any guy um, – yeah, we can argue that obviously analytics drove out the old style of manager, but maybe they drove out themselves. Maybe they didn't want to take in the information they were getting. Maybe all the front office does is said, hey, you know what? Here, here are the tools. Try to use them. And the old right. managers were just like, you know what? This game is it's it's played with heart. There's a pulse, blah, blah, blah. So maybe they drove themselves out, you know? Yeah. And you know, another thing that they were all on board with and by, and also keep in mind that these are guys that want managers jobs in the future. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But another thing is that they seem to be on board with it. And I think that the biggest thing was how you interpret the data and then how do you present it to the players so that it's um, so that they can accept it, essentially. And if you look through social media, if you follow baseball, if you're a baseball fan, your social media is flooded with with a bunch of baseball posts and stuff, you'll see that players want more information. Everybody has a rap soda machine or like one of those hit tracks things where you put on your bat so you can see, you know, how hard you hit the ball or whatever. So that's just the, the name of the game. And I think uh, another good point that another one of these interviews was that the game transitions a lot. So right now we're seeing a lot of shifts and stuff, but eventually guys will learn how to beat those shifts. You know, 10 years ago, you were told to hit the ball on the ground. Now you're hitting it in the air. 10 years ago, a lot of guys were throwing sinkers. Now they're throwing sliders and fastballs or, or high fastballs and curveballs, right? So it'll change eventually. And um, I don't even know where we're going with this, but here's here's what I'm going to say. In the American League, no, I have no problems with Kevin Cash winning the award. But what about Rick Renteria? He just got fired by the White Sox and they hired Tony La Russa. He took his team from a sub 500 record last year, a 447 win loss percentage, to almost winning the Central this year with a 583 win loss percentage. Anything yeah. to say about that? No, again, not any. Is this three times no. you're agreeing with me? Well, okay. Well, you're saying what about him? I mean, I think Kevin Cash was deserving of the award. So, although I agree that, yeah, this guy could have gotten the award. You know, there's is there really an argument if a guy that got the award was also deserving of the award? Hmm? Mm. Think about wow. that. It's like one of those. Uh, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it make a sound? Hmm? Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but I know what you're trying to say. Let's move on to the rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Kyle Lewis, American League, unanimous. You you picked that guy, by the way, when we made our predictions. 
I picked him, but I had no idea he'd be unanimous. Like, and now I'm not even. I can't even think who was in the who was in competition with him. Luis Robert. Okay, yeah. So Luis Robert, I think what did him what did him in was was he didn't sustain that production. Yeah. Kyle Lewis kind of turned it up second half, I would say. For the rookie of the year, we had Kyle Lewis. Uh, second place was Luis Robert. Third place was was Christian Javier. I I, I can't argue with this. With this move, I mean, they had the between Kyle Lewis and and Luis Robert, they had the same amount of home runs. Luis Robert had two, uh, three more RBIs. Luis Robert had, I mean, Kyle Lewis had a better batting average, better OPS, more hits, more runs. I mean, how could you disagree with this? I'm good with yeah, it. Yeah, and, and the and shout out to the Mariners because mm-hmm. the, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I know the prospect they got for the Mets in that Cano trade. With uh, wow, Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that prospect could be a superstar. Don't remember his name. I'm not. A, I'm not afraid to say that I don't remember his name, guy. But <laughs> I know this is a baseball podcast. But hey, that's just me being honest, man. I was not prepared uh, to bring up that name today. Uh, by the way, then, <laughs> Justice Sheffield, who who they got from the Yankees, had a pretty good season this year. So the Mariners yeah. might be a sleeper in the in the Central. They ha- in the West. They have a lot of good players. Yeah. Um, and then we got Devin Williams in the National League. Uh, I'm, not I'm not mad at that either. Now looking at these numbers, but I'll be honest with you, like I, I didn't know he was having this good of a season. I I vote I wanted I wanted Alec Baum to get it. I think I had yeah. I think we and you I, I might have talked about Tony Gons was it Tony Gonslin? No, it wasn't Tony Gonslin. Jay Cronenworth. Cronenworth, um, yeah. But I think I I think we were rooting for Baum on that one. But I can't again, I can't be mad at this. Those are pretty yeah. good numbers. All right. Um Th- yeah. Those were the major awards. Could I just say something a beef I had with the Gold Glove Awards? Let's hear it. The fact that Clint Frazier did Jeter got, win it again or something? I mean, it's it it looks similar to that. How did how does Clint Frazier get a get a gold glove gold glove nod for for outfielders? I don't know, man. What I'm am I one, what am I what am I missing, man? What am I missing? Do the Yankees send gift baskets to all the voters or something and say, hey, like here's a little something for you guys? Just make sure you make sure our guys are covered. Clint Frazier. Bro, where do you think Jay Z got the idea from, son? Oh, like how he used to send his mixtapes uh-huh. and albums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy is a original entrepreneur. So I don't know where he got the idea. Could have game, could have game just straight from his brain. But no, seriously, man, come on. I mean, what gives? I, I what gives? I have no idea how that happens, man. I, I don't know how they decide how they decide on those awards. I just went on Fangraphs and sorted out outfielders based on defensive run saved, and he's not even in the top thirty, man. Let me let me make this oh, list fifty. God. <laughs> well is it is the top 30 he's not even in the top 50 okay are the guys at the bottom of the top 50 in the negatives of that defensive save stat that you look at so the top the top the top defensive run saved was joey gallo he saved 12 runs this year then it's followed okay. by kevin kiermeyer and mookie Betts are tied with 10 tyler o'neill luis robert alex verdugo trent grisham Brian Reynolds, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Cody Bellinger. Those are your top 10 um, DRS okay, guys. I, 
I get I get defensive run save, but that stat that you mentioned before with Jose Abreu, where he was like a negative. Oh, the, the defensive rating. Yeah. Yeah. So are the guys in the top 50 are the is the bottom of that 50 tipping towards the negative or is it still positive? Is that a net positive? Is it a net negative? You know, I'm on Fangrass right now and they don't even have defensive rating for outfielders. I don't know, man. All right. I feel like they just, you know, I think you're right. Maybe the Yankees, you know, gave Manfred a couple, you know, 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Like, hey, just give this guy a yeah. little love. Maybe, maybe they'll package that and say, hey, here's... That has to be, I'm telling you, that has to be Here's Gold Glove it. winner Clint Frazier yeah. with fast hands for Francisco Lindor. Let's do this. Gold Glove nod. You got a Gold Glove nod. So Gold, somewhere, Gold Glove nod. somewhere, somewhere in that trade package, they're going to be like, yeah, give us Clint Frazier. And they're going to be like, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> he's not just he's not just a good offensive player he has a gold glove nod so he doesn't have he doesn't just have a glorious head of red hair he has a gold glove nod it's just some it's just bullshit uh real quick platinum glove winner alex, alex gordon of the royals interesting Oof. uh platinum glove in the national league Nolan Arenado. Not mad at that. Me neither. Not mad at that. I, <laughs> I, another another name drop here, man. Tony Diaz was in the Rockies organization for like 19 years, and he managed Arenado in, in rookie ball. And he had some really cool things to say in that interview about Arenado that I, I hope you guys listen to when we drop in January. But, you know, the, he was supposed to be a catcher. And look at what he turned into. And And the organization was trying to make him a catcher. And he was persistent. And now he's, you know, is he the best third baseman we've seen in like the last 20 years? You know what I mean? 20, I mean, 30 when years. You're, when you're meant to do something in this world, you're just meant to do it. Because how is that guy supposed to be a catcher? <laughs> right? Even though he does have like the structure of like he has like a wide body structure yeah. to be like a catcher. So I could see it happening. But look, at look, he's a best. Third, I mean, he has to be. Yeah. How many? How many? I think he's had a gold glove every year in the majors. Is this his first? I think this might be his first platinum glove. Um, but yeah, gold glove every year. It's a four-time yeah. platinum platinum glove award winner. Four time? Four time. Whoa. So see, so, to your so to your argument, that guy he should he should have gotten MVP at least once in his career because for sure. I mean, he's always been an offensive threat. And if we want to say defense counts, I mean you're looking at one of the hardest positions in baseball and the best guy at it. I think, the I, I think the season that he had the best chance, 2018, that was the year that Christian Yelich came alive. And you can make an argument that Arenado might have had a better season than Yelich, potentially. Well, yeah, when you look at defense now, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, hmm. man. I love, I love me some Arenado, man. Uh, silver slugger real quick. Don't want to spend too much time on this, but, uh, some, some notables Salvador Perez. Mm. I had no idea. He would, he, he was, was out for a while this year. Too. Yeah. So, hmm. okay. Hmm. Is silver slug, the silver slugger just go to the minimum number of at bats for highest batting average still. I'm, I'm trying to is? think I'm trying, I have no idea, but I'm trying to think here. Catchers in the American league. There were, there weren't that many. I mean, I know defensive catchers like Roberto Perez is an incredible defensive catcher um but offensive outside of salvador perez gary sanchez was a joke this year <laughs> uh, um 
There, there aren't any catchers in the American League. How was uh, the the White Sox catcher? What's his name? The Cuban dude, um, Grandal. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I don't think he's anything what he used to be. But if I had to put, if I had to think of somebody that's an offensive catcher, he's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yasmani Grandal, two thirty this year with a seven seventy three OPS. There just aren't that many catchers in the American League. So I, I'm not mad at Sal, Salvador player, uh, Perez. When he played, he was good this year. The problem is I think he had COVID at one point. He didn't play a full. So he only played 37 games. But he had he a nine, thir, 333 batting average, 986 OPS. I'm not mad I at thought him. he was I, I thought he was out for uh, other reasons this year. Christian Vasquez had a pretty decent offensive catcher season. Hmm. Red Sox, little Red Sox love there. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Calm down there. Let's see here. Other names: Juan Soto, shout out Mookie Betts, yeah. Tatis, Machado, Freeman, Osuna, Trout, Nelson Cruz, Donovan Solano, second base. Yeah, sleeper. Travis Darno, catcher, Silver Slugger for the National League. That just goes to show you, man. There aren't that many. It also know, goes JT, to show JT Romuto is going to be is probably the best catcher in baseball. But outside of that, how many how many catchers? I think the age of the the catcher, the power catcher, the Ivan Rodriguez, Jorge Posada, Mike Piazza, I think those those days are gone. Also goes to show that the Mets suck as well. Wow, Travis right? Darno getting a <laughs> getting a silver slugger. Darno, All didn't right, he man. like rake in the postseason too? He had like a home run almost every yeah, game. Yeah, he basically. he he did some damage for sure. Oh, Tim Mets. Anderson. Love Tim Anderson getting a silver slugger. You could be looking at one of the better hitters of this generation. Manny, I think that's enough for the awards, man. I want to give you an award for being a great co-host, man. Wow, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for, for, you know what? I'm giving you an award too. You're you're the platinum, I'm giving you the platinum microphone award. I'm going to give you a gold mic award. Ooh. Actually, I'm going to give you five mics, source style. Wow. Five mics. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Just going to give you one platinum mic. That's it. Um, All right. I'm going to give you one gold mic and then five mics. So you asked me to pick. So first, do you want to talk about the Hall of Fame ballots or do you want to talk about my five Hall of Fame guys that I would submit on this year's ballot if I had a vote? Let me let El Publico know who's on the ballot real quick. So Bobby Abreu's on it for the second time. Barry Bonds, his ninth time on a ballot. Mark Burley, first ballot. A.J. Burnett, first ballot. Roger Clemens on his ninth ballot, Michael Kadire, Darren, uh, Dan Heron, Latroy Hawkins all on their first ballot, Todd Helton, third ballot, Tim Hudson and Tory Hunter, first ballot, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Aramis Ramirez, Manny Ramirez, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, Nick Swisher, Shane Victorino, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, and Barry Zito. That's those are your those are your guys on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. Um, so we're gonna pretend that we have a vote. And I know you got 10 votes technically, but we're going to limit it to five because, you know, 10 is stretching it a little bit here. So mm-hmm. you want to go first, man? Who 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 are you voting for if you had a Hall of Fame vote? All right. Before I get into that, Latroy Hawkins, Latroy Hawkins, Nick Swisher, Nick Swisher. What what are the what are the uh, and and I remember Latroy Hawkins. I thought he was a solid baseball player and Nick Swisher. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument that his personality was bigger than his baseball 
game. I love I love Nick uh, Swisher, man. I, I like I like I want to say I love I like Nick Swisher. Uh, who was that? Wait, who was the player that said they hated Nick Swisher? Was it Ozzy Guillen? Said he hated Nick Swisher, the manager. I know that when he, when he came to the Yankees, they didn't like how his personality, like he was too rah, at first, but then I think people warmed up to it and he became a, a big fan favorite. Okay. Um, but I can see an old school manager, like if it was Joe Torre managing the Yankees, I could see them butting heads some like somehow for sure. Well, I think I think Ozzy Guillen actually is on record saying that he hated that guy, apparently. <laughs> um what was I gonna say? What is the what is the requirements to get on a Hall of Fame ballot? Like, do they just try to is there like a minimum number of years or something? I mean, Latroy Hawkins, Nick Swisher. It has to I, be because Latroy Hawkins had a, a long career. Nick Swisher, I think, played a long time too. And now I don't think either of those guys are gonna be Hall of Famers. Nick Swisher played 12 years. But yeah. there must be some sort of minimum requirement for sure. Okay. I mean, I, I I could see Aja Burnett. Not that he's a Hall of Famer, but I can see him on the ballot. I'm not sure about... And Dan Heron? Like, am I missing something? I don't know, man. I'm not here to make that argument. Do you want me to give you my five, or do you want me to go one by one? Straight ahead? Top Just five? give me the five, because... All right. You know. We'll be here here are my... Five players I would submit on the ballot. And I want to just emphasize that I did take in years on the ballot into account. So this is more of a like, I wanted these guys to get in before time runs out. Mm -hmm. First guy, Gary Sheffield. Mm, good, good one. I think 500 career home runs is still uh, a Hall of Fame number. And he played 20 plus years. Uh, I know there's the PED allegations, or I don't know if he actually tested positive. He might have, I'm not gonna get into that. But in other words, I know he I know he saw a lot of success in the later half of his career. But yeah. to me, Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer. It's the seventh year on the ballot. That's another reason why I put him on the uh on my ballot. Mm. <clears throat> Number four, Sammy Sosa. Wow. Can we get can we get a little love for Sammy? Six hundred home runs. I know what you're gonna say, man. The guy's the 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 Pink Panther now. He bleached his skin. <laughs> that asshole. What is he doing, uh, man? Does he hate his black skin? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. That's that's not uncommon. In uh in our home motherland country. Mm -hmm. But you know what? As a baseball player, and I know the steroid allegations are there, and I know he's still denying it to this day. It doesn't look good. But 600 home runs, three seasons of 60 home runs, which 60 home runs at one point was like the magic, uh, legendary Babe Ruth number. He did it three times. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like he put Dominicans on the map. He, mm -hmm. put the Cubs, he put the Cubs back on the map when the Cubs were, were still, you know, cursed, even though they never won the World Series with him. And I just feel like Sammy Sosa is was important when he played. He was an important yeah. figure. To me, that'll never die. I have Sammy Sosa on my ballot. Um, I have Roger Clemens on my ballot as well. 
ninth year, which means it's the second to last year. Sammy Sosa was also on his ninth, by the way, which is why I put Sammy Sosa on the ballot. Uh, Roger Clemens, most Cy Youngs ever, uh, never tested positive, proven innocent in court, if that stands for anything. Okay. Played for the Red Sox. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I think he did it twice, 20 strikeouts in one game. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. All right. So to me, <laughs> to me, Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer, even if he was found guilty of taking performance enhancing drugs. I just feel like the longevity, the numbers can't deny it. Uh, it's his ninth year, as I mentioned before. Obviously, I have Barry Bonds on my ballot as well. Ninth year on the ballot. And, you know, if you've listened to the show at all in the last three years, we always honor what Barry Bonds was to the game of baseball hall of famer before the PED allegations also never tested positive um, home run record single season holder home run lifetime career holder 2000 walks you know 500 stolen bases everything the guy's greatest baseball player of all time I don't care and my number, my number fifth or number one, whatever order I was going is, I don't know, I fucked this whole thing up already <laughs> going all over the place. <laughs> and this is going to surprise you, Manny. But I'm I'm putting Kurt Schilling on the ballot. I'm putting Ooh. Kurt on the ballot. Uh, he's, it's his ninth year, so it's the second to last year. I know the, uh, the criticism he's gotten for his political point of views, but the way I look at it is, if Twitter didn't exist, we would have never even, it would have never even been a thought. I don't remember Kurt Schilling in his career being this, you know, right wing uh, mm -hmm. type of guy. So I look at the baseball career and how good he performed in the postseason. I think he was a Hall of Famer aside from all that. And it's his ninth year. So I'm putting Kurt Schilling on the ballot, man. Do you hear I'm, that I'm sound? That aside. And Do you hear that sound in the background? Yeah. What about it? That's the police coming to get you. For is that, that on me? Is that on my end or your end? Your end. So the way I look at it is, man, Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. You know? No, I I, under, I agree with you. I don't think that what your political beliefs are should be held against you. I think that that's that's up to the individual. I think it's the type of shit that he said in his life. I'm not saying that Kurt Schilling isn't a Hall of Famer. And and I'm I'm gonna sound like such a hypocrite because I'm of the belief that if a player is a Hall of Famer, he should just be a Hall of Famer. He shouldn't have to wait ten years to get into the Hall of Fame. But in the but in the case of Kurt Schilling, I understand why we have this in place because I think he's a Hall of Famer. But I think he should he sh we should wait until the last possible moment for him to be awarded it, just to kind of send a message like we don't stand for the type of shit you say. Like yeah, he, but I, I mean, it's, and it's not even just the political stuff he says. It's just no, he said he, to me the worst thing he said was we should hang journalists or something, whatever. Yeah, he said. like now we can get into a whole de de political debate. I don't, I don't support that shit that he said about that. Everything else, though, honestly, if we wanted to, we could have a debate on all the other things he said. And again, sure. maybe I'm being uh, naive and I haven't looked into everything he said. I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't keep up with everything he says. Uh, so maybe he has said more crazy stuff than that. But besides the hanging thing, I feel like the punishment is making him wait this long. Maybe he gets it on his 10th year on the ballot. Maybe that yeah. should be the punishment to uh, get him to not let him get into the Hall of Fame. 
I just think there's worse people in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah. And also, not not to be a, an apologist for Kurt Schilling, but this guy sunk all his money into a failed video game company. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so who knows what kind of right wing party got into his brain? Like the reason why you 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 can't make your money back is because the Democratic Party. You know, whatever. You know, that's, that's cute, an easy. Man. That is an easy easy route to that side of the, the to that side of the road. So. You know, Kurt Schilling, man, I'm I'm putting him in there. <laughs> all right, I got you. I, I understand, to, man. If I, I understand, to. he got you that championship. It's all good. That's true. That You're my top reason. five, huh? That is the actual reason why I didn't mention. It, I but. mean, that was legendary. His performance in that World Series and in 2001 is legendary. You can't take yeah. that away from him. And he's had monster years, two consecutive and seasons with 300 or more strikeouts. Um, he was hurt a lot. He didn't. There's a lot of seasons where he didn't pitch full seasons, but. He still won 216 games, almost had a 600 win-loss percentage. The guy was a beast. Uh, struck he, out. How many did he strike out? Did he do 3,000? 3,000, 3, 31, 1, 6. So he's in so that me, illustrious group of guys that have struck out 3,000 3, or more batters. And I think all of them are in the Hall of Fame, except for him and CeCe, I think, are the only two. Yeah, to And me, Roger 3, Clemens. Yeah, to me, 3,000 is like that 500 home run type of yeah. number. And something that we mentioned for all other great pitchers, first ballot guys like Pedro Martinez and stuff, it, and maybe not first ballot, but uh, what's this guy's name again? 20-game winner with the Yankees last year, his last uh, season. Domingo Herman? No, no. He pitched. I know I know who it is. 20-game uh, winner. Messina, Mike Messina. Mike Messina. Oh, pitched, love in the stero- pitched in the steroid era. That's what I would. That's for the Kurt Schilling argument. Pitch mm. in the steroid era. Okay. And the height. I. The height of the steroid era. <laughs> mm. All right. So my top five. And I, I struggled a little bit because there are a lot of guys that I want to vote in. Like I want to put Sammy Sosa in for the reasons that you said. But there's just too many strikes against him that I, I just can't do it. Like it's like if when A Rod comes on the ballot next year, I'm going to want desperately to vote for A Rod. But there's just too many strikes against him. I won't be able to. Even though he never officially tested positive for steroids, he got busted one time and admitted to it in 2009. And then the biogenesis scandal, There's you just can't put A-Rod in next year. So for that reason, I can't put Sammy Sosa in because even though he never tested positive, there were implications and he had the cork bat. And now he's pink. So I can't. <laughs> I just came up for a guy like Sammy Sosa in good faith. As much as I love you, Sammy, um, I can't ever, do it. Ever, You would never vote for Sammy. I don't. I... Next right, year. Maybe next year. We'll see next year. Um, another person I really wanted to vote for, but I didn't, was Manny Ramirez for the same reason. Too many strikes against him. I think he tested positive twice for steroids. Maybe. I know I one actually... for sure, but I think it was twice. Yeah, twice, and he 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 left the MLB before serving that suspension. Right. So I couldn't vote for Manny Ramirez. So those are two guys that hurt me that I couldn't vote for. Um, another guy, Omar Vizquel, I think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I can't put him in my top five, though, so I'm not going to vote for Omar Vizquel. I know that this isn't what the conversation is, but here we go. Number five, I'm going Todd Helton. Todd the Bod Helton. Um, just look at his stats, man. Post three, uh, more than 300 
uh, batting average for his career. That doesn't happen. I know Colorado Rockies and this, this, and that, but I'm going to quote a great man I once knew named Luis Angel Gomez, who said, you want to use the Rockies, uh, uh, Colorado as a mark against these guys, then name me other players that are, that were as good as guys like this, like Todd Hudson. On the Rockies, yeah. On the Rockies, and there weren't that many. That's the fact of the matter. In 2000, he hit 372. 372. Um, career 316 with a 953 on base. He has 2,500 hits, 369 home runs. I think Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer. Um, I also would vote for Bobby El Comedulce Abreu. And I'm going to tell you why. If you were to look at guys that stole 200 or more bases and 400 or more and hit 400 or more home runs. There's only six guys that have done that. And the only two of them that aren't in the hall of fame are Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds. Everyone else has made it to the hall of fame. So Bobby Abreu was always, I spoke with someone recently. He reminds me of in hindsight being 2020, he reminds me of someone like Adrian Beltre who wasn't flashy Maybe he came up, you saw him in the lineup and you didn't really fear him so much, but he always did damage. You know what I mean? Like, I can't remember when he played those two seasons with the Yankees. I can't remember a time where Bobby Abreu let us down. Like, yeah, he never, was never an easy out. Never an easy out. Extended, never, you never had an extended hitless streak with him. He was always, he did something valuable to your team at all times. So I vote for Bobby Abreu. Um, and then the next three we agree on. So I'm going to go in order of who I, you know, from worst to best, if you can call that. So I agree that Gary Sheffield should be a Hall of Famer for the same reason you did. You said 500 home runs. Not only that, but the the things that the stat sheet don't show you was his presence on the field. And I think he was one of the most intimidating hitters of that generation. You did not want to face Gary Sheffield. I wish that we had exit velocity when Gary Sheffield was playing, because I'm pretty sure he'd be at the top of that list every year. Yep. Um, so Gary Sheffield, not only that, he was good defensively. He was an infielder initially and then became an outfielder. And he ran the bases really well, especially at the beginning of his career. I think he had, I think he was one of those guys with the Bobby Obreu list um, where he has uh, 250 or more stolen bases and 400 or more home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is Roger Clemens. Uh the difference between Clemens and a guy like Sosa for me is that there he was implicated for PED use and thrown into the and uh, people ratted on him like Andy Pettit, so on and so forth. So we know that he did it, but he just never tested positive for it. And then he didn't have anything else in his career that would make me think that would make me want to just say, I can't vote for this guy. He he didn't cheat any in any other way that I know of. Like with Sammy, he was implicated, no positive test, but he also has the cork bat and now he's pink. Roger Clemens is still white. Um, and from what I know, he didn't cheat in any other way. So, <laughs> and he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time, man. 350 wins or something like. Yeah, no, no. It, and it, I think he finished uh, third all time strikeouts behind Randy Johnson. Him and him and, and Nolan Ryan. And, yeah, Nolan Ryan's nobody's catching yeah. that guy. <laughs> but I will one day. Um, and last but not least, I'm voting for Barry Bonds, man. Same thing. Implications. He rubbed the cream on. He admitted that, but he had no idea that it was that it was steroids. So I can't blame him. I rubbed cream on my creams on myself. I don't know what they are. 
Not only that, but he has the he has the Ken Griffey Jr. seal of approval where Ken Griffey Jr. said, yeah, you know, I, I saw him work out that offseason. I saw him hit the gym. That guy's mm. innocent. Ooh. Can I just say that I think that we did this a little different. You went with the top five that you think you would put. Those are the guys you're putting on your on your list. Yeah. Uh, I kind of went with like these guys are on their second to last year and I don't want to get to the last year. So, yeah, Bobby Obreu is a Hall of Famer. But you mentioned that you think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do. Are, yeah. are the guys on that list, were they first ballot Hall of Famers? Do you, would you happen would, to know that? For me, no. But Barry Bonds is on his ninth ballot. Roger Clemens' no, no, okay. ninth ballot. No, no. Uh, I feel guys like those that, guys, yeah, go the, ahead. Guy, the guys with 400 stolen bases, two, you know, 200 whatever doubles and 200 home, 250 home runs. The list that you mentioned where Bobby Abreu is in company with everyone besides Barry Bonds, who's in the Hall of Fame. So I, if you give me a minute, I can pull that stat up. And, All right. Uh, and I also agree that Todd Helen is clear cut a Hall of Famer. Um, and I, and you know what? I definitely vote for Manny Ramirez to get into the Hall of Fame. He's on his fifth year. but I, And I have a feeling that he will get into this Hall of Fame, but I have this little uh, fairy tale ending in my brain where him and Ortiz get in on the same year. Maybe Ortiz oh gets God. in on his second year, and they go in together. I feel like that would be the best thing. Ortiz will be on the ballot next year, I believe. Is it next year? I was going to say, I think Ortiz might open up the floodgates for these guys because Ortiz is a guy who had implications. He tested positive like A-Rod did, but it was an anonymous test. There weren't yep. rules on it at the time. He just but I think that it. people love him so much that he's gonna get voted in. Um, and I think I can't that see, yeah. And I think that that's the that's what works against guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens is that at the time, not Clemens so much, but people didn't like Bonds. Writers didn't like Bonds so much. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of a little bit of fuel to hold it against him. And he was the first big name, aside from McGuire, to come to bring on the steroid era like like they're the faces of it you know what i mean um but yeah so it's it's uh, just so, yeah, funny but my point is ortiz when when he gets in because he's gonna get in there's not gonna be an excuse to not let in barry bonds and roger clemens and sammy sosa yeah and you know what i to me ortiz and this could be a, because he made his presence as an all-time great on the Red Sox is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe the PD implication makes him a non-first ballot, but I have this fairy tale ending in my brain where Manny gets in on his seventh year or he's on his second year and they go in together as the Bash brothers, the best back-to-back -back in a lineup ever. No, no debate. <laughs> That's a joke. No, there is no debate. Uh, no, no, but... there's debates. There's debates. Who knew Ortiz was going to turn into that in 2004? I mean, it's just funny. It, it's funny how, and I love Manny Ramirez and I love David Ortiz, but it's funny how Ortiz has gotten a pass with this, with this stuff, even after yeah. his career. I mean, you know, all that stuff that happened when he took a bullet yeah. over, we still don't know what happened in that whole situation. The drug cartel of DR, he was messing with someone's wife. Allegedly, this is all, <laughs> this is all Dika, Dika hearsay here, Dika. but and with Manny Ramirez, like he left the MLB to a, and and never served his suspension. He just flat out left the MLB. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if a guy like A Rod did that, there's no 
there's no coming back for that. Like no. there was a, there was a, t- when the rumor came out that Manny Ramirez was training to possibly come back to the MLB, it was like the best thing ever. And it's, it's just, it's like weird how we had, we like champion certain guys over others. Yeah. I know? mean, I think it's, I think it's how the, and I don't want to be a media basher guy because I hope to be in the media at some point in my career, like officially, but um, a guy like a, uh, um, where, what am I getting at here? A guy like like A-Rod, for example, brought on a lot of attention to himself negatively. Whereas guys like David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Bartolo Colon, almost they almost have like a like a separate personality. You know what I mean? Where they're adored, even though they did the same thing Alex Rodriguez did. And the reasons why they're adored overshadows the stuff that haunts A-Rod, although I think he's overcome that a little bit. You know, Bartolo Colon, the, the chubby kid, you know, everybody's rooting for him. He's become a meme, essentially. Manny being Manny, right? Going to take a leak inside the Green Monster, wearing headphones during a game, all that stuff. And David Ortiz just this big, like, teddy bear that everybody loves and carry the Red Sox to break the curse. And always has a perfect shape up. Always. Right? Fuck, man. Shit's painted on him. Yeah, man, shit. And uh, no, you're right, you're right. And then A Rod never had that. And, and is, what A Rod did was take pictures kissing himself yeah. in front of a mirror, go to Central Park shirtless after being traded yeah. to the Yankees, shit like that. It. Negative we attention. It, he and 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 again, he <laughs> brought that the same way that I feel Ortiz and Manny earned and Bartolo Colon has earned that because they're just being themselves. A Rod brought all this negativity onto himself. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's why I think we should do away with the. You know what do I feel about this player as a person? Because if it's the if it's a baseball Hall of Fame, I would just judge it off being a baseball player. Um, that's just my take. A Rod asking for a girl's number during a playoff game, dating Madonna, bringing her to games and shit. Uh, shall I continue? Um. Yeah, he cheated on his wife, <laughs> so I can't defend um, the guy there. By the way, the stat that I gave you guys about Bobby Abreu was incorrect. It was 400 or more stolen bases and 250 or more home runs. So I want to correct that real quick. I think think that is what you said. Is it? I thought I said 400 or more home runs and 250 or more stolen bases. But I'm trying to get that. I'm getting it here. My computer's loading. You mentioned that you mentioned that Bobby Abreu, the other player, would probably be Gary Sheffield. And at that point, you said 250 home runs. Oh, I see what you did. Got it. Yep. So do you want to hear the company that he's in? I, I got it up. Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds. Those are the only two that aren't Hall of Famers. Bobby Bonds, not a Hall of Famer. I don't know why. Barry Bonds, not a Hall of Famer because of steroids. If, if not for that, he would be in for sure. Then you have Ricky Henderson, Craig Biggio, and Joe Morgan. Um, Ricky, I believe, was a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he not, he should have been. been. Uh, yes, first ballot in 2009. Um, Craig Biggio, I can't remember if it was first ballot for him. Three votes, so it wasn't first ballot for Craig Biggio. And Joe Morgan got in on the first ballot in 1990. So the only one in that list who didn't get in in the first ballot was Craig Biggio. And, of course, Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds aren't in the Hall of Fame. So I think that Bobby has what it takes, but maybe he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the argument. I think he is a Hall of Famer, maybe not a first ballot. Veremos, as my mother would say.
we just talk about the Robinson Cano stuff really quick? Yeah. And we'll save the free agents for another time because, you know, that's going to be relevant for a while. So Robbie Cano's second steroid test. And by the way, he's in that conversation now with Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa for me. When he comes up for the Hall of Fame vote, he should be a Hall of Famer. He's not going to get in. You got you got busted twice. Like, there's no excuse anymore. You know what I mean? And by the way, this is coming from a guy who I have I don't see. I don't think there's anything wrong with steroids if you're doing it um, in a safe way. And I've said this a thousand times before. I'm not going to say it again. But anyway, that's not what I'm trying to talk about here. Robinson Cano literally threw away $24 million. But this is what I want to talk about. The Mets might be turning a corner, Luis. Because mm. if you think about this, in the past calendar, in the past year, since 2020 began, which is supposed to be a bad year for everyone else, it's a good year for the Mets. That, that goes to show what that organization stands for. They made a deal with the devil. That's what, that's what I'm saying here. Anyway, they went from the Wilpons to the richest owner in baseball in Steve Cohen. Yoana Cespedes came back and had to forfeit money and then decided to leave midseason, making him a free agent. They don't have to pay Cespedes anymore. So they saved money in that end. They got the richest play, uh, owner in baseball, got rid of Cespedes' contract somehow, tying back to Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen then gets rid of Brody Van Wagenen, his first move, best move ever made by an owner so far because Brody was a joke as a manager, as a general manager, just throwing that out there. Um, and now Robinson Cano gets busted for PEDs, which should be bad news, but let's be real Mets fans. You have $24 million now, another $24 million on top of what Cespedes, the Cespedes money that you didn't have to pay for. You're going to get a huge free agent in my opinion. And it seems like everything is falling in the Mets's way right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if. They came up and shocked us next year and won a World Series or some shit because it just seems like everything is going their way right now. You see, man, you you had it. Your arguments were solid. <laughs> everything was good. And then you just had to say shock us and win a World Series next year. I will. Right, bet... I'm sorry. Maybe not a World Series, but maybe win the division. How about that? Yeah. No, actually, I don't think that's going to happen either. Oh. <laughs> Listen, man, when do you ever get a team in this position and they go out, and it hasn't happened yet, but we know it's going to happen. The Mets will be big spenders this offseason. When does a team ever get this opportunity? I'll use the Jets, for example. The Jets were in a similar position two years ago when they hired their new GM or whenever that, that happened, and they went out and got a coach, and they spent money on this and that. They had all this cap space. But when does a team ever suck and then turn it around? And I, I, I won't just say the Mets suck because – they were one of the best, according to the numbers, offensively, they, they were one of the better offensive teams. And they still have Jacob DeGrom, who I think is the best pitcher in baseball. Mm -hmm. And they still have Noah Syndergaard, who's like a baby Trevor Bauer, who's good on some days, maybe not good on other days, ah, whatever. <laughs> and now they got Marcus Stroman, who accepted the quality offer, which I think was something they didn't want to happen. Uh, Michael K broke it down pretty good. They offered him the quality offer. <laughs> in hopes that if he signs somewhere else, they get draft compensation for that. And instead he accepted the quality offer. I would imagine because a guy like Marcus Stroman isn't getting more than $18 million a year from any team. So he's like, fuck it. Let's let's just forget the fact that I never wanted to come here in the first place and all the bad blood. And let's spin this in, in a good light, which is what the Mets do. They're, the Mets are never wrong in what they do. They're, they're always painting in a good light, but they're not winning world series, man. <laughs> all right. I won't have it. I won't stand for it on this show. 
I don't even know where I was going with this. Why do you hate the but, Mets so much, man? What did they ever hate, do to you? I don't hate the Mets, man. I just think that New York teams, as I've always said in the past, if you listen to this show, it's like the fifth time that I bring up if you always listen to the show on this specific episode. So I'm sorry that I'm getting annoying, but I just feel like in all sports, New York teams are always over, uh, overhyped and overrated. Okay. That's just my opinion, man. All right. I just think that now with the Cespedes money gone and the and the Bauer money gone, like you said, Syndergaard is back next year. And not the Bauer money, the Cano money gone for a year. With that money available, you want Trevor Bauer? There's no excuse now. You can give him whatever he wants because not only do you have the money that you were willing to spend, now you have $24 million more that you could spend on top of that. Um, you want... Francisco Lindor, you can trade away your entire farm system and go ahead and get them, man. It, it doesn't matter. And you have this, like, nothing's going to stop this team from getting what they want right now. Um, and that's all I'm trying to say, man. That's all I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Everything is breaking their way here. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying I've, to I, say. There's an organization out there, you know, they wear socks, which are red on certain days, um, where things broke for them in 2004. And they, you know, rolled that into a championship. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> why not the Mets? All, all I'm trying to say is that <laughs> just because the Mets, what they last year they were seventh in team payroll, they'll be what fourth before the before the season starts. Twenty twenty one, they could be first if they wanted to. This guy's the richest guy in the sport, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say Cohen is just gonna open up his bank and just take all my money, Mets. That's not gonna happen. But yeah, but that's I think that's what I'm trying to say. That's the point that I'm trying to get to is. Philly spent a lot of money. I know the Nationals won a World Series two years ago, but they spent a lot of money. The Giants spent a lot of money. The Angels spend a lot of money. I think the Angels are a perfect example. Just because you spend a lot of money don't mean shit. All right, man. Just saying, bro. If and on top, got, of, that, and on top of that, the curse. They have a rotation of the Grom, Bauer, and Syndergaard. They're, I mean. Oh, yeah. No, no. They will be good. Strowman will be the th- for number four starter on that rotation. That's ridiculous. Good luck. I want to get into some Deke, man. Let's get into it, man. The best segment on the best baseball podcast ever. Ever. Ever created. When you Jesus wanna... came down and said, thou shall be podcasts, hmm. we, were, we were what was in his mind when it came to baseball podcasts. I'll, I'll kick that it out. off. <laughs> <laughs> How? No, don't. I'll I'll kick it off, Manny. We All just right. spoke about it. Robert Cano, second time in his career, test positive for a banned substance in baseball. Will miss the 2021 baseball season. But DK, mm. it was actually all a setup from Steve Cohen. Oh. In order to allow him to spend more money on some of these free agents. So basically oh. they just, they used a, a previously his previous sample where he failed the first time around. Uh, and it was all a set of man. It's all a conspiracy to put another black man down Robinson. Cano. And yeah, Damn, it's, Cano.
hey man if somebody could set anybody up as a guy with billions of dollars to spend so mm, you're right man who the knows fact that we the fact that cano hasn't made a statement yet it just goes to show you know yeah we don't know this for a fact but dike you know so take that take that however you want speaking of the mets According to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, you see him, you see him on MLB Network here and there, time and again. Dike, mm. the New York Mets are not a match for Francisco Lindor because they don't have a good enough farm system to to impress the Cleveland Indians. I, however, think that's a crock of shit because Steve Cohen's going to say, "What's your worst contract? I'll take it on. Give it to me, and I'll take on yeah. Francisco Lindor." You know what I mean? Who would that be, by the way? Would the worst know? contract on the Indians? Shit, man. You just have to ask me that. Now I have to look it up. And Don't worry about it, time. man. Don't worry about it. No, bro. I, you ask, and I would like to deliver for once in my life. Dike. So. Uh, we know that Trevor Bauer is one of the highest rated free agents. He mm-hmm. doesn't shut up about it. Uh, when the Mets got Steve Cohen as their owner, Trevor Bauer praised it, loved it, leaving that door open. Uh, he also said that he made a bet with one of his friends that if he ever signed a, another multi-year contract, he would let his friend hit him with a paintball bullet in his nutsack. Ah. <laughs> then Trevor Bauer's agent said he is open to multi-year contracts. I think we know Trevor Bauer's going to the Mets, but I just want to say DK, Trevor Bauer, he's just full of shit. So wait, we might get to see Trevor Bauer get hit in the nuts with a paintball gun situation. I think that if he really did make that bet, he we will definitely see that because he knows that's going to get views. He knows that's going to mm. make it more popular. I just wanted to say DK, Trevor Bauer is full of shit. And I don't know why my brain, the baseball gods don't reward guys like that. Uh, he's taking screenshots of his hat in an Astros uniform. And I just feel like the baseball guys don't appreciate that shit. So don't be surprised I, if Trevor Bauer just doesn't live up to the hype. I have two words for you. Yes. Three words. Alexander Emmanuel Rodriguez. The baseball gods do reward guys like that. Not like this. Not you can't you can't convince me that Alex Rodriguez was this joking about no uh, no. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, for sure. The frosted yeah. tips, you know, is another story. Um, Cleveland <laughs> <Who> Indians. <laughs> Cleveland Indians. Lindor made the most money last year in arbitration. Uh, or actually, this is what they're projecting this year. Estimated. Okay. So they're estimating Lindor to get about $20 million. Carlos Carrasco's owed tw- $12 million. Jose Ramirez is owed $9.4 million. Roberto Perez, $5.5. Austin Hedges, $3 million. Austin Hedges. Uh... I'm trying to look here. Maybe they say take the Lionel DeShields is $2.2 million, bro, and your and your best prospects. Yeah, I feel like everybody knows the Indians aren't going to – obviously, the Indians don't want to sign Francisco Lindor, so do they really have any leverage? Yo, the there? Indians are in good shape, man. They're in really good shape. In terms of financials, I just don't know. I don't understand why that owner – and I'm not going to spend somebody else's money, but mm. spend the dough, bro. You know what I mean? Um, DK – and I don't know if this is true or not, but Theo Epstein, who just resigned from the Chicago Cubs, is taking the year off. And I just think that's a crock of shit. And again, I'm going to go back to Steve Cohen and the New York Mets. Talk to me when Steve Cohen walks in 
like the Monopoly guy with one eyeglass, bald head, with a sack of cash, and he just dumps it on Theo Epstein's desk. Boom. There yeah. it is. I don't believe Theo Epstein's taking a year off either, man. That was a good thing. And, and he right says, there. listen, Theo, I know you want ownership stake. I know that you were the president of baseball ops with the Chicago Cubs, and I'm not going to... You're going to take a demotion for a year, but then Sandy Alderson is going to say, hey, guys, I'm 75 years old. Um, I'm going to step down and, uh, you know, I'm leaving this organization in great hands. And Theo Epstein comes in like the white knight and, uh, you know, takes all the credit once again, takes all the credit. Yeah. And, and, and ends another World Series drought for an organization, another pathetic we- organization, by the way. And we heard the rumors a couple years ago too. Noah Syndergaard for Chris Bryant, Mets and Cubs. Deke Theo Epstein's the only guy that can make that happen, which is why Ooh. he's leaving the Cubs to join the Mets and make that happen. And then some. He's not Let just going to take Chris Bryant. Would the Mets even make that move? Yeah, man. Because their third, who's their third baseman? Is it uh the squirrel guy? What's his name again? McNeil. Is he their third baseman? I thought or Dominic McNeil- Smith. I can't remember. I can't remember. I've no Dominic. I've seen Dominic Smith in the outfield. He probably has played third base. And I'm pretty sure Jeff McNeil has played third base too. But I always thought I've always thought of Jeff McNeil as a second baseman. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but he probably did play third base. Probably, probably. I got you, bro. JD Davis. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think of like how much value are you getting if you trade away? Well, it's not just because you're weakening your rotation, but then you're improving. Your lineup, which, by the way, your lineup was already good last year. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't know if Chris, I, that move. I don't know. Chris Bryant, I mean, he's, you're going to have to sign him long term. Probably it's not going to it's probably not going to be too much of, of what it could have been if had he signed earlier with Chris Bryant. Steve Cohen could afford it. The Mets are a hot topic on this Dika segment, man. Yeah, I can't man, believe shit. it. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you got a you got one. You, yeah, you so Dike. The pitching market is so fucking dry that people are jumping over one another to get Jake Odorizzi, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, according to Buster Only, the Blue Jays, the Giants, the Mets, the Twins are all in on Jake Odorizzi, who I think played for the Padres last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And just, you know, he's not a bad pitcher. He's serviceable, but really, like, there's, there's nobody else out there. Isn't that always the case with pitching, though? Yeah. Hasn't hasn't that always been the case for the last like decade? It's like pitching is always scarce and there's always this back and forth like, oh, I deserve this. You Darvish gets a huge deal and sucks, but now he's good. And 30 years old, pitched for the Twins last year. My mistake. And uh, had a 6.59 ERA with the Twins with the Twins. That's only four games started, though. The year before that, 3.51 ERA in 30 games had a pretty decent season, 15 and seven. But who is the real Jake Odorizzi, the guy who pitches to a three and a half ERA or the guy who pitches well into the fours? Because if you look at his baseball reference sheet, he's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type of guy. And I don't know, man. I just don't I don't see he's 30 years old. What's his contract situation here? He's a free he, he's a free agent. He has to go. He can't go to just any team. He has to go to a team like the Padres who just lost who just lost Clevenger. Um, so he made, he made, he was supposed to make 17.8 mil last year, $17.8 million for Jake Odorizzi. Is he going to get that? Can he match that somewhere else? Well, if you're saying it's as dry as it is, I would DK say yes. Damn DK shit. Is that dry? Fuck. (laughs) So 
spin uh, it a little bit or one <laughs> <laughs> too much that was too much yeah so kim eng mm. oh god sorry. I'm scared. sorry if we got your last name wrong i don't see me, two letters don't me to us please yeah uh she made headlines becoming the first female gm for the marlins but Brian Cash Brian Cashman also made a little headline in relation to Kim Eng says Kim Eng was indispensable. Mm. Now, DK Brian Cashman uses a different dictionary than what I use, but clearly he's just full of shit as we're used to seeing the Yankees being because clearly she wasn't indispensable. If you let her go to the Marlins, man. Uh, Ouch. I don't know, man. Money talks, I guess. Brian Cashman, I just don't know why you keep lying to us. You keep saying that, you know, Aaron Boone has the reins to the to the team, but you do shit like this. And I'm just trying to talk shit All right. about Brian Cashman. Don't like the guy. I think he's overrated. Wow. Bit. Oh, my God. We're going to go ain't there. Sorry, ain't DK sorry about overrated. it. DK. Good thing you're saying that during this segment. Um, yeah, here's one for you. DK. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the fucking Los Angeles Dodgers are trying to build the superest of the super teams and they're trying to make a trade for none other than Nolan Arenado. Hmm. Yeah. Dike, the Los Angeles Dodgers print money and Dike. are the reason for uh, the super inflation that we're about to experience in this country over the next five years. Los Angeles Dodgers, ladies and gentlemen, printing money. Dike, allegedly. Speaking of the Dodgers, Manny. Ooh, let's hear it. Uh, Cody Bellinger had shoulder surgery mm. in his shoulder. And DK, he's he's happy because his prescription for pain is is the dankiest of the dank, man. LA weed. <laughs> and he, we know that guy likes to <laughs> we know that guy uh, likes to puff on that grass. Wow. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one more. I don't know if you got any more. No, I'm, I'm, I think I'm all out, man. I'm 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 done. I'm done with my Dikas. All right. So the 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 White Sox recently hired 80 year old Tony Russo to be the manager of their team, uh, and he got caught, you know, driving while drunk or mm. drinking and driving. Called a DUI, my man Larusa. I don't think that was the first time he's ever gotten caught with something like that. For some reason, it wasn't I don't think right. So. No. Uh actually DK, he he got so upset all the tweets and all the all the fun people were making about his old ass managing this, <laughs> this young team and he wanted to DK prove himself by having a drinking contest with his young with young staff and <laughs> he, he had no idea that he would be that hammered when he got behind the wheel that day. Uh so DK that's a fact. I don't, I don't DK know. he was seen uh leaving the hotel room in which this uh, beer pong game, this illustrious Chicago White Sox beer pong game that happens among staff and players, Dike, he was seen crawling to his car, physically crawling, literally. Um, and people thought that he was just pretending to be Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. But no, <laughs> he was just that shit-faced. He could not hang with the younger players, man. These guys are fresh out of college. Yeah. Beer pong champions. Mm-hmm shotgunning beers left and right and he just he couldn't hang man wow i mean if that was not the best dika segment ever then then i don't know you know 
I don't know. I don't even know uh, where, where I'm going with this. Last but not least, Pete Rose, Dika still bets on MLB games. That's not even a Dika. He came out and said he still bets on MLB games. I don't really have a spin on that other than uh, good for you, Pete. I hope you're hitting on yeah. some games. Embrace and, it, man. Just embrace and, it. And also get help, man. You might have a problem. You might have a gambling <laughs> problem. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be making headlines <laughs> no. about gambling if that's what's kept you out of the Hall of Fame, Pete. Yeah, for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so get help, man. <laughs> get yeah. some help. I got you, man. If you need somebody to talk to, Pete, we, we you know, we can talk. We can talk that therapy talk. I'll, you know, come on the show. Yes. Air out your dirty laundry here and, you know, not literally, but you know what I mean. And uh, and we'll listen. We'll listen. Dike, Las Aguilas Ibaeñas have eight players test positive for COVID-19, but they tweeted out categorically denying those rumors. But Dike, that's what's going on. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I'm being serious. You're not you're not pulling my chain here. Not yanking your chain at all. That... Yanking my chain. Wow. Damn, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I don't know what to say <laughs> except that so, I'm not surprised because you could. Oh, my light just went off. So I'll get a little, good, little man. demo here. Got dramatic. I, got, I guess I'm not surprised, man. Sometimes I see those games and I'm like, God, these guys, they need to really invest in like some broadcasting technology. Yeah, man. I think it was uh, Los Toros del Este. They, they put out a tweet. It was either them or or Las Estrellas. I can't remember who it was, but they put out a tweet and all the guys are in the clubhouse with their masks on, which, by the way, I understand that the whole mask deal, if you're getting tested, I don't know what the COVID policies are in La Liga Dominicana, but if you're getting tested, like we talked about during the regular season, wearing the mask and stuff is just a show. It's just kind of like because it's unnecessary. You know that when they go in the clubhouse, they take their masks off and shit. But anyway, yeah. They put out a tweet of the players celebrating in the clubhouse and they all had their mask down and somebody was recording. And then as soon as they noticed that somebody was recording, you could see all of them put their mask back on. But it's like, it's too late already. And then the team posted it anyway. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't know what the restrictions are in DR. I know that they have curfews and I know that that they put on a big show about, about following the curfews Like you'll follow on social media. You'll see the cops like drive around and throwing people physically into their house and shit, breaking their chairs, breaking their drinks and all that stuff. But um, in our town of Coroso, which is a small uh, countryside in San Jose de las Matas, a, a municipality of Santiago in the Dominican Republic, somebody just passed away of COVID there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're not, you know, like some people are just, they think that I'm good. I, I didn't get sick. So I don't, I don't think I have COVID, but we know about asymptomatic carriers and all that stuff. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is in a country like DR, which is a third world country. Um, I'm not sure how much I trust. Yeah. You know, the system there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mentioned, I mentioned the broadcast before. And what I mean to say is like, you watch these broadcasts, there's no sound from the game coming through. You only hear the guys voices who are, you know, commentating the game. So they're probably watching the game. They're probably watching the same feed we're watching. Yeah. Blocking that sound because they can't mix the sound. Right. And just to prove that you can't mix the sound, right. You watch a game and it might sound normal, but then when the commercials come on, the volume is like way louder. It's, it's insane. And it's, I mentioned that to mention, like you said, if people, if we're breaking protocol here where we have all the money and, and what I mean by all the money, I mean like when, when the MLB has the funds 
to make sure there's a protocol in place and we're still breaking it, then what can we expect from the DR teams? I mean, yeah. And the, yeah. you have to, you have to wonder what MLB teams are thinking now, you know, the, the, the Las Aguilas are denying that, 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 that rumor is true. We'll see because there, there are games. I think they're, everybody's off today, but they're playing. Everybody's playing again tomorrow. We'll see how true or not it is when we see who's on the field. And you have to wonder if you're an MLB team. I mean, think of the Yankees. They have a ton of players playing in La Liga Dominicana this 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 uh, offseason. Not just prospects, but they have guys that they're going to rely on in Domingo Herman and hopefully Miguel Andujar, uh, Gary Sanchez playing over there as well. You don't want those guys to contract COVID because... Who knows what's gonna happen? Look at Eduardo Rodriguez. You know what I mean. So, Gary Sanchez in the is in the DR league. Yeah, he's playing for Las Estrellas too. No, for oh, the yeah. Los Toros Celeste. Okay, because I saw I saw in Duhar, I saw Herman, I saw another Yankees prospect that was on there. I Get, saw I yeah. saw Nate Lowe. Really? <laughs> of all people, yeah. Wow. Man, I got one more Dike for you, and it's it's it. not baseball related. Uh, Dike Carmelo Anthony is interested in rejoining the Knicks. How do you feel about that? So I have to say, man, I'm a little excited. I'm excited as a Knicks fan uh, of where the team is headed toward. Um, if it's for one year, like you're gonna go year to year, I'm okay with it because we're not. The fact of the matter is, we're not. I think that we could be an eight seed this season with what the team has built. We, yes, I am a member of the New York Knicks. Um, and I think we're one or two players away from going over the top, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, so I'm okay. Cause you have to spend the money. I think they have like $40 million in, in cap space or something. If you have to spend the money and there's nobody out there, that's going to put you over the top, then go ahead, bring them in for one season. He, he was pretty good with Portland last year. The Knicks fans loved Carmelo. I, I just think they hated the, the circumstances in which he came here. We gave up a lot of prospects for him, a lot of young talent. And then fucking Phil Jackson made him the richest player in the NBA for no reason. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think at the time we we thought Carmelo Anthony, and he probably still is, headed to the Hall of Fame. And he, he was kind of in his prime. Uh, I think somebody needs to re rethink about this debate between baseball contracts versus other sports. Gordon Hayward from the Celtics turned down $38 million for next year. Really? 38? 30. I think it was 35, 38 is definitely in the mid thirties. Obviously he's probably, he's probably looking for a longer term contract, maybe not as much per year, but the fact that Gordon Hayward, who all I can remember is that he's missed a lot of time in the last couple, in like the last three years, turned down that kind of money. Uh, and guys like John Wall are making like 40 mil a year. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, I don't know, man. James Harden, they all make like from the 40s. That's some some crazy shit. It's crazy, but then an, an NBA roster is half of an MLB roster. So, and then you go to an NFL roster. How much money do they make? Like some of their players make yeah. 400, 300, 400K. Then that, yeah. that's nothing to sniff at. That's a lot of money, but. You know, not, you can not argue, the NFL, yeah, yeah, you can argue for what they do and and the positions that some of these guys are playing that make that kind of money. I don't know, man. You have to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and, they, and the fact that you probably won't play that long, too. Yeah, but in the NBA, you know, small rosters. There's a high, you know, look at Clay Thompson. Two years, and he's gonna miss two years essentially, maybe three yeah. years. Um. 
But other than freak situations like that, you know, you could have like a LeBron James is, you know, seems to be getting younger year after year. So it's like you can protect your commodity a lot easier in the NBA. And then there's not even that many people in the roster. It's a growing sport. So, yeah, these players are going to make a lot of money. And not only that, the NBA has a salary cap and a salary floor. You have to spend the money and the books are open. So it, maybe it's an argument for baseball moving toward a salary cap, salary floor type system for baseball. Yeah. Maybe. Because then you can't have a team like the fucking Rays only spending $30 million a year. You know, maybe they'll have to spend 70 and that'll raise the income of some of these players. Who knows? I think you're right about that, man. The Rays, Marlins were another team. But the Rays, keep, the Rays are good year in and year out. That's that's yeah. the thing. That's the argument against it is that they're doing it and they're good. Oakland. I don't know, man. Should we uh wrap this I up? Think, yeah, I think we beat this podcast down. Yeah, enough. Man. So yeah, man, we're gonna beat it all the way down. Welcome to the show. Is dead. Oh man, that hurts. <laughs> but from the ashes uh, rise a phoenix, and his name is Back to Back, the Back to Back Podcast. We are and now the Back to Back Podcast. We're another Back to Back Podcast, and I think that we're we're gonna try to bring you guys a guest every week if possible. Um, I know that for the first four, four weeks, we will have a guest after that. We're working on some pretty big surprises, but when, when we're up on that mountaintop, if you're a follower and you're a subscriber, just know that you're, you were a part of this journey. You helped us yep. get to this point. Now, if you don't go out there and tell five people to subscribe to this podcast, or follow us on social media that I'm kicking your ass off this mountain and I'm going to let you tumble all the way down to your death. And I'm not even going to be <laughs> oh, sad God. about it. All right. <laughs> so I don't Damn. know if you want anything else to add, Luis. Uh, nah, man, just, yeah. Five people get us, get our name out there. Help us grow. This is your podcast. We welcome all. Uh, and I pray for a great 2021 podcast and a great 2021 baseball season i hope good thing i hope we get we get some of that new york mets luck and potentially win a podcast I award actually i actually don't <laughs> i actually i'm not praying for a mets luck i'm i'm hoping we're the opposite of what the mets are yeah right. let's get some golden state warrior luck in here besides right. min minus the clay thompson minus the clay thompson yeah all right that's it follow me at manigo3 follow that guy over there at hova mojo on twitter that's it, everybody. Peace. Peace.